But anyway, we was over there, and Brother Paul Flanagan, he's going through a, a terrible time in his life. Uh, he's got to take treatments every so often, and when he takes these treatments, he gets very sick, amen? It's almost like chemotherapy, but it's not chemo. But as we was there, and we was listening to all the, the, the speaking that was going on, there was a passage of Scripture just kept coming to me to give to Brother Paul. And we find it in Psalms chapter 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Amen. He said, Who forgets what? Thy loving kindness. Who does not forget his loving kindness? Amen. And who healeth of all of our diseases. Amen. You know, church, when we have a God like that that looks down upon us, that never forgets about us, Amen. Never walks away from us, but he sees us in all of our distresses and all of our sicknesses and in all of our pains. Amen, sissy. He's right there with us. Amen. And he heals us of all of our diseases. Thank you, Brother Larry. Amen. And he even turned it on for me. Praise the Lord. But this morning, the Lord had given me a message several weeks ago, and, and I'd been even turn to the TV, and, and I will be bringing in some things that I even heard Brother uh, T.D. Jake say on the TV. And I tell you, when God works, he, he works in a wonderful way. You know, we as being ministers of the gospel, we read and we study and we pray, amen, and we know what God is laying upon our hearts, and then when we turn the TVs on here, here it is, amen. And I even heard my wife say here several, several years ago, I had preached a message at the first church that I pastored. Amen. I can't remember the message, but she can tell you just about everything that was in it. She heard it four different times that same week. We was at camp meeting. She heard it on the radio. We went to Bible study. The man there that was doing the Bible study brought it in. Amen. And in the night preacher, he brought it in twice during the week. Amen. She said, hey. I don't know if God wanted me to know something or what, but she said, I've heard it four times this week. Amen. Praise the Lord. But getting to the message this morning, amen, when we look at a healthy church, a, a healthy and a vibrant church, it is related to the health of the family. Hear me this morning. The health of the church is related to the health of the family. Amen. When we go into the Scriptures and we read Scriptures, we see where God instituted marriage before he instituted the church. Amen? And that's where I want to pick up this morning and read in Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 23. I'm only going to read two verses, 23 and 24, this morning. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Continue to pray for me that God will continue to touch this body and my lungs. Amen? That uh, before... Uh, next week, everything will be cleared up. I like to see it cleared up for tonight, amen? But praise the Lord anyway. Starting at verse 23, it says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Praise God for his word. You may be seated this morning. It's good to see our visitors out this morning, amen, and we just trust that everything that is said here this morning, amen, will we'll bless you and will uplift you and will encourage you, and may you feel the spirit and the presence of the Lord this morning. 
Praise God. But you know, whenever we think about the church and how the church is reflected upon the home and how the home is reflected upon the church, that's the reason I said this morning that the health of the church is based upon the health of the home or the family. I was talking to a, a, a fellow minister the other day, a fellow pastor, it's been several weeks ago, and this is one of the key factors that, that got me started to think about this message this morning. And he has a, a fairly large church, runs about 150, amen, one of the, one of the uh, larger churches within our state, amen, not the largest, but one of the larger churches. Uh, most of our churches in the state runs in were between 30 to 75, sometimes 100, amen. But here he's running about 150, Brother Larry. And he was calling me, he calls me from time to time, and we talk, and we pray together, and we we uh, relate with each other. We became great friends, amen. And he said, Brother Miley, he said, I, I, I'm having a terrible time right now within the church. I said, I said, what's going on? I said, open up and just, just let me know some things. He said, well, you know, I've got about 150 comes out on Sunday morning. I said, yeah, I said, that's great, that's wonderful. He said, but I've got eight families that's going through divorce right now within my church. And that's sad, isn't it? When we think of eight families that's going through a divorce, amen. And see, it reflects in the health of the church. Whenever you have a, a congregation of husbands and wives together, amen, and some problem starts taking place within their home, it comes back and it affects the church, amen, and the health of the church, amen. And see, what we need to do and understand here this morning is that the adversary is out there, amen, to steal and to kill and to destroy. And his greatest thing that he wants to do is to destroy the church. Amen? Now, if he can't come through by the pastor to destroy the pastor to upset the apple cart, if he can't come through maybe a couple of the members to cause confusion within the church, he's going to go to the next thing, and that is the families within the church. Amen? And if he can get some things stirred up within the families, amen, start calling division in the families and cause disturbance within the families, well, then what's going to happen is the church and the pastor is going to occupy the time that they need to give to God to try to minister to the needs of those that are hurting to try to pull things back together. Amen. And then while they are trying to pull things back together in the families, amen, the adversary is out there doing other things. And before you know it, the church has been completely not destroyed because you can't destroy God's church. But the fellowship of those people that goes to that church have been torn and ripped and discouraged and heartbroken until they turn around maybe on a Sunday morning and instead of seeing maybe 150, they might just see 25 because of how the adversary has worked. Amen? What I want to try to get across this morning is some things that causes problems within the homes. Amen? And that's the reason I said last week when I that I was going to be ministering on this that I said that there's going to be some things brought out that younger kids don't need to hear. Not yet. That's up to mommy and daddy to, to tell them about things. Amen. We're going to deal with uh, uh, fornication. We're going to deal with homosexuality. Amen. We're going to deal with things that causes problems within the home that the enemy brings in. Amen. How many of us here has ever went through problems in our homes? I think we all have. It may not be adultery. It may not have been fornication. It may have not have been, been a, a homosexuality. But we all have went through problems within the homes. 
to the point that it may have even destroyed some homes. Amen? And I know the, the Word, amen, and God teaches us, amen, against divorce. Amen? Uh, you know, the Bible says if, if you get a divorce, tell them to write a letter of divorcement. But the only way in the eyes of God that a divorce is legal, if you want to put that term on it, is through adultery and fornication. Amen? Praise the Lord. So what we want to talk about here this morning is things that happens within the home. And like I said, none of us are innocent. We all have had problems. But we need to understand that there's ways that we can overcome the problem. Amen? And that is perseverance with Christ, the one who can help us to overcome the problems. Amen? First off, you know, back whenever I was dating Brother Larry, My mom and my dad, they, they were not church-going people. And to this day, they're not. And I'm not proud of it, and I keep praying for them. But they'd always tell me, say, Now, Michael, don't you do anything to get yourself in trouble. You know? And I, I remember my mom telling my sisters, and I grew up with four sisters, and only my brother, myself, uh, and my dad, the only three men in the home. And when you got five women against three men, well, you just don't get what you want to get. You know what I mean? They get their way. But I remember my mom coming down on my sisters, amen, and saying, hey, you keep yourself to the time that the right one comes around and you get married because that's your virtue. That, that, that tells the people who you are, amen? I started reading some statistics, amen, here, here lately, about divorce and marriage and, and people dating, amen? And did you know that one time in the past, not very many years ago, the United States had the highest divorce rate of any other nation? That's sad. But I want to tell you something more sad today. Our divorce rate has went down. Now they don't get married, they just live together. That's sad. That's worse. Or would we say it was on the same plane with each other? Because, see, children that are raised today see what goes on around them. Back when we was growing up, amen, uh, uh, if you got out and you got in trouble, I'll tell you what, Dad took the boys around the woodshed. Amen? And then the boys had to grow up fast to become men to supply the needs for that child. Uh, not today, today what happens is is they'll just, well, uh, uh, pat them on the back, just chip off the old block. Boy, I tell you what, you just take after your daddy. And that's the problem, man. We need to have more men that stands up for the, what? The presence of God, amen, the anointing of God, and let God's word prevail in their lives that they can share that with their children. Amen? You know, keep yourself. Hold on to yourself. But when we look around today, amen, at that, that, People that raise children today, and hey, I raised three children, and, and I'm not proud of a lot of things that they've done. I'm still not proud of some things that they're even doing today. But if we raise them in the ways of the Lord, and we teach them right from wrong from an early age, and we demonstrate that before them from an early age until they become adults and they're out on their own, they will reflect what we have taught them. Amen. Sure, it might not look good to us today, 
But listen, what we have instilled with our children will reflect on us tomorrow. Amen. I've got a daughter, amen, I mentioned it last week, I believe it was, and, and she lived with this guy for, for several months, and I was not, was not proud of it whatsoever. And I told her, I said, hey, you don't need to do this. You wasn't taught this way. But, Daddy, I love him. Well, she's off on her own. But here a few weeks ago, she got married, and then last week we got a phone call from her granddaughter, and she was telling me about her crying, her mommy crying. She's two years old. Come to find out her mommy, my daughter, got saved last Sunday morning. Amen. Because I believe it's because of the words that we instill within. They might not show it today, but tomorrow they may show it, what we instill within them. But then we look about the families, amen, and the problems that we go through in our families. These that are married have great problems, problems that will cause divorces, problems that will cause contentions within the family, that will destroy a family completely. And I believe one of the greatest things that we have problems with today is where it says in Romans chapter 1 that they will leave the natural affection from the man or from the woman. They will not hold to what God had placed within us from the times that we were born, that I would uh, have an affection for a woman and a woman would have an affection for a man. But they are leaving that natural affection and they're cleaving to the things of Satan. Homosexuality. How can a man or how can a woman uh, get married one day and say, oh, they love their wife or they love their husband. And then a, a few months or a few years later, find out that, no, I'm a homosexual, I'm, I'm a, a gay, or I'm a lesbian. These are things that will destroy a family. These are things that will destroy a church. <coughs> a few years back, well, it's probably been about 10 years now, we had a pastor in our church. Not here, but in the state. That married this woman and loved this woman and had children by this woman, Brother Larry. And Brother Larry knows who I'm probably talking about this morning. And the next thing we heard on the news, uh, this man had went somewhere in a park somewhere and uh, his boyfriend, and they killed his wife, amen, and he confessed to being a, a homosexual. Destroyed the church. Almost. You can about imagine what the people went through at that church. All the conflict and all the, all the heartaches that went on. But see, it's not just happening there, but it's happening all around us. Listen to me this morning, church, that we need to see the power of God manifested within the homes as he is manifested within the church. We run the aisles, we shout, we give God glory, and we give God praise inside the confinement of these walls. But we need to do the same in our homes that the Spirit of the Lord would prevail over all things. When we see also a man with, with uh, 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 infidelity. Now, infidelity can be caused by several different things. It's all caused by the adversary, the devil, the old sly fox, but you know what? A lot of people don't understand what really causes infidelity. Sometimes a, a person just has a problem. And I'm going to be blunt. Some, some men and some women, one person is just not enough because of the adversary. Places thoughts and places 
impure desire, desires within their hearts, which I call sin. Amen? But yet, on the other hand, there's other things that causes infidelity. And one is unforgiveness to another. How many of us ever have ever had a spat with our wives or our husbands? We all have. And I've even heard some men say, well, my wife don't do what I tell her. I'll just take her around behind the barn and she will when she comes out. That's not, that, that's not what God wants. No. I don't know about anybody else, but what I read this morning is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We are one flesh now. And I'm not going to go out there, Brother Larry, and take a hammer to the top of my hand and hurt myself. So God don't want me to go out there and hurt my wife, which is part of me. Well, even see, teaches us in the New Testament, amen, that the man should give himself to his wife and for his wife as Christ gave himself for the church. In other words, Christ laid his life down for his bride. And I've only got one wife, praise God. All these other people talk about having more than one wife. I, I just don't know, but I don't think they're sane. I don't think they're in the right mind. But hey, my wife is wonderful. I love her dearly. But God said, I won't put no more upon you than that which you could bear. There's times that we go through problems, and if I had more than one, I just couldn't make it. Truth's the truth. And I know she says the same thing about me. Ain't I right, wives? Am I right, wives? All right. But what causes infidelity within seemingly a perfect home? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. To forgive. Sometimes, you know, it's easier to hate than to forgive. Come on. Forgive. I was listening to T.D. Jakes, and, and man, he brought this in so clear. I've been wanting the Lord to give it, and I well, Lord, how can I bring this in? And I turned it over to TV, and there it was. He said, you know, I got patience above many things. And my wife, she says, I got great patience too. But he said, you know, if I have to go somewhere and I've got to be there at a certain time, I want to get ready, I want to get in my car, and I want to go. And here's how he related forgiveness. And this is how I picked up on it. If I go to my wife, if I have done something wrong and I go to her and I say, dear, forgive me. And she says and she mumbles and she grumbles and she complains even more. But babe, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I know I made a mistake. And I'm not talking about a mistake of fidelity. I'm just talking about many different things. I just made a mistake. I, I shouldn't have said that dress didn't look good on you, maybe. She asked me how her hair looked. And I said, oh, well, it looks good, dear, but you got a big hole in the back of these. Well, I shouldn't ask you anyway. Well, I'm sorry. You see what I'm saying? But she don't forgive. But see, in the process of not forgiving, things can build on and on and grow bigger and grow bigger and grow bigger until it's blown up completely out of proportion. Completely out of proportion. And here you are, and I have done it several times, just like whenever she was pregnant with our, our second child, Daniel, I would come home from work covered in cold dirt, and I'd walk in, and, and, and at that time we had to stay at our mother, my mother's house, and I, I'd walk in, I'd how you doing, honey? She'd start bawling. 
I look at my, my mother-in-law and said, Ernestine, what did I do now? I said, baby, I'm sorry, whatever it is, she'd ball even the heart, worse. My mother-in-law said, I don't worry about my life, it's just one of them phases she's going through. But the more that we try to forgive, a lot of times they will not accept it until it mounts bigger and bigger and bigger. But here, here's what T.D. Jake said. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. If I can see her making progress, if I'm going somewhere, I've got hope. No matter how long it takes her, I've got hope. He said in the message he preached that morning, he said, if I walk to the bathroom and, and I see her in our brushing her teeth, he said, hey, she's moving, I got hope. He said, if I sat there a little bit longer, and he said, I look at my watch, and the time is running out. He said, she walks through the, the living room with, with one of these combs going through her hair. He said, I got hope. What I'm saying here this morning, amen, is this, church. If we have done something wrong, if we have offended our spouse, and we go to them and we ask for forgiveness, amen, and if they are making a, an attempt to forgive, we got hope. But it's when they don't have that attempt of forgiving, then that causes problems more so in the home. Forgiveness. He even got to the point, he said, I sat there, he said, I sat there so long. He said, I know I was going to be late. He said, I jumped up, he said, I was ready to give her a mouthful. She's had long enough to get ready. Said, but when I walked into her dressing room, she's standing there in front of the mirror and she's going like this, you know. He said, I know it was ready to go because she was finished. What are you saying here this morning, preacher? I'm saying this, church. Infidelity will come in the home with a home that has an unforgiving heart. If I do not forgive my spouse and I keep adding on problems after problems, pretty soon I'm pushing her away or she is pushing me away, and when they push away so far, a man or a woman will go somewhere else to find companionship. And we think all the time, I didn't do nothing. They did it first. And that's where we need to have a communication within the home. If we can communicate with God and open up our hearts to God, why can't we open up our hearts to our spouse? Uh-oh. Why can't we tell our spouse our heartaches and our problems? I talked to the pastor that day on the phone. I said, have you got to counsel them any? They won't talk to me. They won't talk to each other. I said, do you know what caused the problems? Nobody does. I looked at him. Well, I didn't look at him, but I told him on the phone. I said, most likely it's an unforgiving heart. Somebody done something, possibly asked for forgiveness, but the other would not forgive. The Bible teaches me, church, that if, if I have an all against a brother, or if I feel that a brother has an all against me, that whenever I come to the altar and I offer gifts unto the Lord, I am to leave my gifts there and go and make things right. 
and then come back and present that gift unto the Lord. The Bible also says, for the sun not to set upon our wrath. If I'm mad at Claudette, hey, I better not let the sun go down before I make things right. Because if the sun goes down and I'm still angry at Claudette and she has not forgiven me if I've done something wrong or if I have not done something wrong, either way, if things are not made right, if the sun goes down and my name is called, I may not make it to glory. The health of the family, the health of the home is where the health of the church will be. A healthy home relates to a healthy church. We look around us this morning, and I don't know all the problems. I don't know all the heartaches. I don't know all your sorrows. But I'm saying here this morning, if you have a healthy home, you'll have a healthy relationship with God. And it relates to our church. <coughs> Getting back to dating. How many single people do we have here this morning? Raise your hands. Oh, Brittany, I know you're single. We have some that, that may be looking for a future spouse. We may have some here that don't want no more. That's the truth. But as I said earlier, you know, we teach our children, our, our, our young children, you know, to, to contain yourself and, and save yourself for the time that, that you meet the, the right man or the right woman. Amen? Now, a lot of you men won't admit to this in here this morning, but, but I will. Because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of proud of it. My wife is the only woman I've ever known. And I'm proud of it because the way my family, my mother, my father taught me. It's not because I had not had the opportunity. But the other opportunities were not the right one. Amen. But getting back to these that are times to date, whether they're young or whether they're old. And if we look in our churches today, we have very many men and women that are single. From the ages of like Brittany, 18 up to, how old are you, Neil? 67, maybe older. I know Neil dates, so after he's not picked on him. <laughs> but anyway, you know what the worst thing I have come to find out? That our older generation that has, has lost their wife through death or, 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 or a terrible tragedy such as a terrible divorce, they don't know how to date. They don't know how to date. Believe me, I've got a brother that's 50, 53 years old, and he don't care who he goes out with. He don't. But you know what our older generation, where they don't know how to date is, they think just because they're adults that it gives them right to go out and fornicate. It's the truth. But see, it's not right in the eyes of God. Come on now. See, I'm talking about things that the church needs to know. Our adult people. See, we, we think, well, these young kids, they go out there and they have their big old time, their parties and stuff, 
and, and they're in all kinds of meanness. But you know what? Our older people are just as bad. I know my brother is. He goes to the bars. He picks up these ladies that if he would bring them home to mommy, mommy would take him out behind the barn. <laughs> truth to truth. I know my mom. My mom's 70, soon be 78 years old, and I'll be 50 in just a, well, let's say 49 in just a few months. And it wouldn't hurt my mom a bit, Brother Charlie, to take about to me. It wouldn't. I know who she is. But see, we, we, we look at our generations today and we look at our people today. Now, hey, well, you ain't talking about God's Word. Yes, I am. Because God's Word teaches us that if a man cannot contain himself, he says it's better to marry than to burn. Amen. So if I cannot contain myself hey, and I love that woman, amen, I better, I better stay where I'm at, amen, if I don't love her. But if I love her, I need to marry her instead of putting my life in danger with God. Hear me this morning. So we talk about people of the age of dating, uh, whether it be like Brittany's age on up or, or Brother Neil's age, amen. They are adults, amen, and they know the Word of God, and by knowing the Word of God, they need not to condemn their soul to hell if they cannot contain themselves but to marry. We look around us today, the health of the family is the health of the church. And you show me a healthy church, and I'll show you a healthy church with healthy families. Sure, they'll still have their little problems. Me and my wife, we still have our little spats. But anymore, when we have our spats, we say, that's it, it's over, it's said, it's done. Two or three minutes, and it's over with. That's the way it's supposed to be. She disagrees with me at times. I disagree with her at times. When it comes to major decision by being, as Sister Connie said, the man priest of the home, especially if that man is following after God. And to make major decisions within the home, the husband needs to step forth and say, hey, let's see what God's word tells us. And if God's word tells us to be conservative, we need to be conservative. If God's word says at certain times in our lives we can be just a little bit liberal, amen, just to splurge just a little bit, then we can splurge just a little bit. But yet the husband agrees with the wife and the wife agrees with the husband and if this is taking place then you will have a healthy home amen i know we're quiet this morning not a message that you can swing from the chandeliers but a message that will keep a soul from going to hell i don't want to see our families end up in divorce do you church i talked to this pastor just a few short days ago this past week asked him how everything was going was everything getting just a little bit better? He said, Brother Michael, he said, I think it's getting worse. He said, I try to talk with the people. I try to minister to them. I, I, I try to give some encouragement through the preaching. He said, but this last Sunday, he said, I got up and I looked across my congregation and none of those eight families was in the house of the Lord. None. He said, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Church, we need to stay healthy in our homes with God. And not allow the adversary to come to us to destroy us. You may not, you may not look at this the way that, that I look at it. But what affects Neil affects me and the church.
What affects Jody should affect you and me and the church. What affects everybody here should affect me and the church. We want our church to grow, don't we? I've heard preachers say, well, I'd rather have a, a house full of two good, solid Christians more than 200. I looked at one guy one time. He told me something similar to that. I said, not me. He said, I don't have no problems if it's like that. I said, no. But there's people that has problems that needs God. There's families that has problems that needs people to love them and to care for them and to help them. So the health of the church relates to the health of the family, and the health of the family relates to the health of the church. We have people here this morning that's going through problems. I don't know what they are, but I'll tell you about a man called Jesus Christ. And this man called Jesus Christ can deliver those that have broken hearts. He can help those that are going through a marital crisis that is being ripped apart, that God can come down and heal the wounds and bind the wounds and put it back together. There may be a scar left, but I'll tell you what, when God takes care of it, the scar will not even look near as bad as it once did because the God that we serve loves people and loves families. Loves families. See, before he even sent Christ to this world, that through him the world could be saved, he looked down upon a lonely man and said, it's not good for man to be alone. And then he took Adam and caused a deep sleep to come upon him, and he took a rib from Adam and closed up the womb and created Eve. And after he created Eve, Adam looked and said, her name should be woman because she is made a man. That a man should leave his mother and cleave unto her. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. A home that does not have an ear to hear. Not a mouth to speak, but an ear to hear will not be a happy home. See, I've been through 30 years of marriage, and then all have not been wonderful years. But I have found if I will shut up and listen more than I speak, we can always get through the problems and not point fingers. And after I got saved and I came into the presence of God and he gave me something that I never had before and that was a forgiving heart. Things that me and my wife had went through in our past before we got in church were terrible. But after we got in church it felt like... I, Man, all hell had broken loose. That's right. The devil fights you harder when he don't have you than when he got you. 
Things my wife done was trivial. 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 But boy, I'd get so mad. I told the story about when she hung her curtains up on the wall and she didn't put them in the right place. I got so mad, I, I took the hammer and busted the telephone and hit my thumb and everything else. And Yeah, I was talking about being in church, man. I, oh, I was terrible. I got so mad and angry over trivial things. And then the Lord spoke to my heart one night and he spoke to me in a way that I could hear. And he said, if you would only listen instead of jumping, you wouldn't hurt yourself. Remember what I said at the beginning? I ain't going to take a hammer to my head. It hurts. I did once before, and it hurt. And I listened. My wife can tell you right now there's times when she'll be going through problems and she don't have to say a word. I already know about it. Because I don't jump, and I don't scream, and I don't holler, but I listen. And by listening, you learn a whole lot more than talking. With our families today and the society that we live in, anything goes. If you don't like somebody tomorrow, you go to the courthouse, you fill out a paper, six weeks later, you sign the papers, you're divorced. Two weeks after that, you're going out on the street with somebody else. Well, I think I love this one. You go back to the courthouse, you get your marriage license, go to prison. Hey, you marry us? They have a little bit of counseling sessions. You're married six weeks later, you're going through the same process. It's almost like driving into Wendy's or McDonald's. But the problems are still the same. And those problems is a lack of forgiveness and a lack of hearing. I want to have our church to be healthy, don't you? But before I can have my church healthy and your church health healthy, I need to have Sister Betty healthy. Amen. I need my husbands and wives to be healthy. And if my husbands and my wives are healthy, and my people that are dating are healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. It's going to reflect on the church. Amen. But see, there's one more thing. It will not only reflect upon the church, but it will reflect upon your children. It will reflect upon the children in your community. It will reflect upon your Sunday school students. Because they say, hey, Brother Larry, he teaches the teenagers, don't you, brother? And if Brother Larry was going out here and doing all these things that ain't supposed to be right, but he looks at his, his kids and says, hey, now you ain't supposed to do this. But they see him doing it. They ain't going to believe Larry. If they see me as their pastor going out here and saying things, doing things, and carrying on in a manner that is not appropriate for a Christian, they're not going to listen to what I have to say because they're watching me. But it's not only our people that comes to our church. It's the people that you work with. The people that you talk to in the grocery store. 
it reflects not only within your church, but it reflects with everybody that's around you. See, we are a church called holiness. In years past, they say, can't wear makeup, you can't wear jewelry. For ladies, they can't cut their hair. For men, you ain't supposed to have it real long. Well, most of us men don't have much anymore to start with, so we don't have much to worry about. But holiness begins in the heart. A heart. A heart that beats for God. See, I, I've had I've had this for, for many years, and, and it's of God and it's of the Word. The Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. But can I go just a little bit farther? From what is within the heart will be revealed to the outward. In other words, what's in here is going to be out here, ain't Brother Larry? It's going to be outward. So we have families that's going through problems. Sometimes they'll come to church and might have a big smile on their face. But their hearts will be splitting in half. They can keep that smile for a while. But after a little while, that smile will turn to tears and a frown. Why don't you let God help you? Why don't you let God take care of the problems? Some of you might be going through some things here this morning that, that none of us ever know about, but you and the Lord. And the Lord, all he wants you to do is, hey, to forgive. That's it. You might be saying, but I didn't do anything. This other person was, was at fault. My spouse done this and my spouse done that. They was the one that went out and done what they shouldn't have done. How much do you love your home? How much do you love your family? And I would say with, with a great confidence this morning, if you have a spouse that's done something against you, if the truth was known, you love that spouse very deeply. And all you have to do is to forgive. Your mind will never forget it. But with the grace and the mercies of God, and when you forgive, in that forgiving spirit of God, you can move on. You can move on. No matter what it is, whether it was infidelity, adultery, no matter what, if you love that person and you care for that person, then forgive that person and let the grace of God grow within your home and watch the grace of God grow within your church because we lead by examples. One more in, in, on dating, and I'm going to be closing this morning. I went by 15 minutes past. When a person dates and in a spouse, the biblical scripture teaches us that we are to marry of our own faith. In other words, somebody who believes in Christ, who loves God, but if you're here this morning and you're not saved, then how can you marry in your own faith? Most assuredly, you couldn't because you have no faith. 
And the only way that you can have faith is to call upon Christ and ask Christ to forgive you of your sin. And then your faith will start to grow with God. But if you're here this morning and you're single and you are looking for a lifelong spouse, not somebody just to have a good time with, but a lifelong spouse, listen to this preacher. Whether you're young or whether you're old, whether you're inexperienced or whether you are experienced in life, seek God. Follow after God and allow God to place you with that person that he wants you to be with. And then contain thyself until thou take those precious and sacred vows that you will only hold to him or you will only hold to her until death do us part. I told my wife and I told, I think, Sister Donna the other day, maybe Sister Kathy, that this Valentine's service coming up in February, I'm going to do something a little bit peculiar. I'm going to try to get the husbands and the wives to recite their vows. To each other because see it is honorable it is precious see my spouse